0: Thanks for listening to the Life Point Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. So good morning once again. You guys excited to be in church? Yes, that's right. That's right. Like I said earlier, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet. My name is Devin. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. So excited to be preaching. Pastor Aaron has this weekend off to just rest with the family, spend some time, right? So he'll be back soon, um, right? And to continue our series, Havoc. But this morning, we're going to be sharing a standalone message, right? And so if you have a Bible, you can turn to 1 Kings 17. That's where we're going to be. 1 Kings chapter 17. We'll get there in a minute. Uh, if you're reading out of a Bible that glows, I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. So your app will be NLT version. That's where I'll be. If you don't have a Bible, Don't worry, don't chew off your neighbor. They'll be on the stream when we get there, right? And so uh, a couple of things. First of all, this this is Memorial Day weekend. So before we get started, before we do anything else, can we just thank every single person in this room, every person who's watching online, who has served in our military, who has done anything for our military? Can we just thank them right now? Thank you so much for everything that you've done. Thank you so much for, for all the things that you have poured into our country so that we can do what we're doing right now. If you're watching online, thank you so much um, for your sacrifice so that we could do what we're doing, right? Um, and so um, don't forget the reason why we have this three-day weekend, right? right? It's not just because we get a girl out, right, even though that's fun. And so um, this morning, Pastor Aaron asked me to share out of a book that we read as a staff. So a few months ago, we read this book called Stepping Up, right? And we read this book as a staff called Stepping Up. And he just said, hey, pick something from the book um, that stood out to you and just share about it, right? And so I'm kind of coming from a couple of different perspectives, but the one main one is this quote that we're gonna put on the screen. It's kind of long, so you might wanna take a picture of it. So here we go. When a door is open, that means you've been given permission to enter. But when a door is not open, it might not mean you're at the wrong door. It might just mean the timing is not right for you. When a door is open... Hey, right, you can leave that back up. The people are still taking pictures. It's all right. Thanks. When the door is open, that means you've been given permission to enter, right? But when the door is not open, it might not mean you're at the wrong door. Because sometimes I just think I'm at the wrong door. But really, it might just mean I'm not ready for the door. I'm not ready to walk through yet, right? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this from this story in the book of First Kings. I'm going to read a few verses at the beginning, talk of her a little bit read some few verses at the end, right? But if you want a Bible reading assignment this week, just read 1 Kings 17 and 18. That's where I'm going to be kind of all, all morning. I'm going to be kind of, kind of paraphrasing some stuff for the sake of time, right? So 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to read verse 1 right now, and it says this. Now, Elijah. Everyone say, Elijah. Elijah. Oh, listen, we got to do so much better, right? Like participation, it's great. It's a, it's a fun sport, right? Everyone say, Elijah, so much better, right? Elijah, he just went to the King Ahab and he says, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God that I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Next verse. Then, then the Lord says to Elijah, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you for I have commanded them to bring you food. Right, so Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped near the brook, east of the Jordan. And then the ravens, they brought him bread and meat each morning and each evening. Side note. If God wants to perform a really cool miracle, we should pray that ravens bring us Chick-fil-A minis every morning. Like, how it's awesome. Okay, sorry. Just throwing it out there in case my faith works in this one. Like, you know, just great. All right. So then he, you know, they bring him food every morning, and every evening, and he drank water from the brook. But after a while, can you say after a while? After after a while, the brook dries up, and there is no rainfall anywhere in the land. Hey, I want to encourage you to take notes today because I believe that note takers are history makers. I believe that when you write something down, it allows you to remember it differently than just hearing it. You can write this at the top of your page, brooks and battles. That's what I want to talk about for the next few moments, brooks and battles. Brooks and battles. I promise this is the last time I'm going to ask you to do this. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor? Are you ready to go? Now, can you turn to your other neighbor, the one you really do not want to talk to, but you are now, and say, neighbor, are you ready to go? All right. Hey, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you're in this place. And God, I pray that over these next few moments, as we open your word, you reveal yourself to us. God, I pray we leave changed and we leave different. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Speak to every single one of us, God. Let us leave different. Lord, I pray that over these next few moments, I decrease since you increase. God, thank you for your message today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So I have my I have a brother um, who's seventeen, and uh, he. So just for context, he's not like the biggest guy in the world. He's kind of short, um, not like real muscular or anything like that. Um, and he has special needs. Okay, so just for context, while we're going here, I promise it's going to come into play in a second, and. Uh, so he has special needs, and he does this thing called Taekwondo, this ATA training thing, um, and he's getting ready to test out to be a black belt. And so, me being the caring and loving big brother that I am, I don't know why you guys are laughing at me so already. I thought that maybe the black belt was kind of like, honorary, you know what I'm talking about? Like, we feel bad for you, and so like, here you go. It's not, and uh, let me explain what happened. So I thought it would be a good idea to fight him. I was like, listen, like, I got to make sure you're prepared for the world, you know? Like, here we go. So he's like, okay, whatever. So we're like, we're kind of wrestling and he's like taking it easy on me. And um, all of a sudden I'd put him in a headlock and I kind of have him like this way and he's facing me. And so with force, I didn't know my brother owned. He like (laughs) kneed me right under the hip, right under like the ribs. And like, I could not breathe and it hurt so bad. And, like, I wanted to be tough and be like, oh, it's fine. For days, I'm like, he, like, bruised something inside of me. And I'm like, this is a problem. Like, I just thought he was kind of like, way to go, black. No, he actually has a black belt, so don't fight him. Right? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And, like, I was hurting. And, like, I told my wife, I'm like, this is a problem. Like, I can't even lift anything. And, like, my brother beat me up. I can't tell anybody that. And so, like, I have a question. Have you ever been there? Not like your brother beats you up because he's like a black belt. No, no, no. But like that what you ask for gets you in trouble. Have you ever been there? Like, you know, ask for a fight and you get one and you lose. Like, have you ever been there? Like, this is what's happening in the text that we just read. There's this guy named Elijah and he has this brilliant idea for some unknown reason to pray that it's not going to rain or have dew on the earth for for three and a half years. Like nothing, not at all, nothing. Right? He's like, I'm going to pray it and it works. No rain, no dew. And God says, hey, go to this brook. I'm going to have ravens bring you food every morning and every night, and you can drink water from the brook, right? So, sounds pretty good. But in verse 7, something happens that's like kind of like my brother fighting me. Elijah got what he asked for. In verse 7, it says this, after a while, the brook dried up. I have a question. What happens when what you pray for causes where you're at to dry up? Like what happens when you pray this prayer and now you're experiencing it in a way you didn't think you would experience it? Like, hey, you want to fight? And you get beat up. Or maybe it's like, hey, I want a healthy relationship. I'm trying to find the right guy to marry and God, give me the right guy. And now you have no guy. God, this really is what I prayed for. I mean, I need somebody. Like, I'm praying and praying and praying for, like, the faith to sow and give, and yet, like, I feel like if I sow and give, like, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough. God, I, I prayed for, like, I prayed for, like, blessing, and now I feel like I'm, I don't really know. What happens like when you pray for something and it causes where you're at to dry up? What do you do? In fact, you can write this down. We're going to talk about this for the next few moments. We're going to talk about what do you do whenever you are praying for where you're going, that door is closed. Like what do you do when what you're praying for, where you're headed, where you're going, that door is closed. But where you're at is drying up. What do you do when where you're going and what you're praying for and what you're believing for, that door is closed? but where you're at is drying up. When you want the new job, but you know the old job is just getting terrible, but no job is hiring you, and now you feel stuck, what do you do? What do you do when you're in between places? What do you do when the brook is drying up? What do you do? And let me just like preface this. Maybe you're in the room and this is for you. Take some notes. God's trying to say something to you. But maybe you're in the room and this isn't for you. Take some notes. It's the answers to the test before it comes. Because at some point in your life, you're going to find yourself in a place where the brook dried up, but the door's not open. At some point, you're going to face a closed door that you really want to walk through, that you're really praying to go through, and yet it's not open yet. And this is what I believe God wants me to share with you today. And so here's the first thing you write down. We're going to have three points. It's this. Do nothing until God says, do something. What do you do when the brook is drying up and the door is closed? Do nothing until God says, do something. I think it's funny that, like, you know, oftentimes when our brook dries up, we take things into our own hands. We try to do it our way. You know what I'm talking about. Like, he breaks up with you, so you get on Tinder, right? You're laughing because it's true, and you're like... (laughs) It's fine. God will give me the right guy on Tinder. Okay, I'm not going to go there. And so, like, you know, you just do your thing. It's fine. And so, you know, like, you take it into your own hands, and you try to do it your way, and you try to figure it out, like, your way. Oftentimes when the brook dries up, we all do it. I do it. Like, it's fine. And you know what we're actually telling God? God, I got this. I got this one. It's fine. I'm good. I'm good. And really, God is like, you kind of got yourself into this and we're waiting for an answer when god is saying hey if you just would take your hands off of it i can tell you what to do if you just stop trying to control the situation i'll give you direction that's a word for somebody stop controlling the situation and let god give you direction right and so but what often happens is we think our plan is a little bit better than God's plan. But I just want to tell you this really quickly, then we'll move on, is that as long as you're doing things your way, you're never going to experience the peace that comes with doing things God's way. That if you're waiting for peace and you're waiting for God to speak and you're waiting for God to like make everything peaceful in your soul, you'll never experience it doing it your way. Never. You'll never experience it doing it your way. You see, when Elijah gets to the to the place of the brook and it starts to dry up, you know what's crazy is he watched it dry up. The Bible says that after a while, can you imagine Elijah? Like God told him, go to this brook and I'll make sure you're taken care of. And he watches the water level go from here to here, to here. He's like, we got problems. Maybe for you, you've watched your bank account go from here to here to here. And he's like, yeah, we got problems. Or you've watched your peace go from here to here to here. And after a little while, you have found yourself drying up in a way that you never thought was possible because you thought God brought you here to provide for you. And now it seems like that provision is dying. Like, what what do you do? Like, I think it's funny because Elijah, he does nothing. He watches the brook dry up, and he watches it go from lower and lower and lower, and we never see that he prays for rain. He's the one who prayed that rain wouldn't come. How easy would it have been to be like, all right, rain, and it shows up. But he didn't. He did nothing, check this out, except eat what God provided. That's all he did. Nothing except eat what God provided. Can I ask you, when you feel the brook drying up, are you committed to filling up with the word of God? Like, are you committed? When you feel the place drying up, are you committed to eating the bread of life? Are you committed to eating what God gave you? Are you committed to saying, I'm going to be in the word more than I ever have before? Because when things start to dry up, are you going to say, it's drying up and I'm going to pull back? Or it's drying up and I'm gonna get in the word like I've never had before. I'm gonna eat what God provided. And I'll just wait for the word to move forward. But until he says it, I'm just gonna read the word. I'm gonna ingest the word. I'm gonna eat the word. Listen, you have to say, I'm gonna do this over and over and over again because it is so easy to disconnect from the Bible when it feels like things are drying up. It's so easy. It's so easy to think like, I don't have the energy to read today. And can I tell you, this is what God provided to get you through your dry season. This is it. You're waiting for an answer. God gave it to you. Read the Bible, right? Because you are reading the the word of God. He is filling your soul, right? If every time, I want you to think about this. How many of you all ate this morning? Most people. Okay, how many of you all ate last night? Anyone eat all day yesterday? If you're not raising your hand, I don't believe you. And so how many of y'all plan to eat this weekend at some point in your life, right? If you plan to eat more than one time a week for your physical body, why do you only feed your spiritual body on Sundays? Why do we show up and think the only time I read the word is on Sundays? That is not enough. It's great to have it on Sundays. I'm thankful we have it on Sundays, but we need it on Tuesday. We need it on Thursday. We have to read the word. In fact, you can write this down. If the only time you digest the word is on Sunday, you're actually starving your spirit. If the only time you read the word of God is on Sunday, man, you're gonna dry up really quick. Everything around you is gonna dry up and so is your soul because the word is life to us, right? And I get it. Maybe you're in here and you're like, Pastor Devin, I don't really know how to read the Bible but I don't want to say it because it's embarrassing. Don't worry, I got you. Um, They're going to put a screen up. You can take a picture of this. Here's how to read the Bible, right? It's like, if you don't know how, for real, pull your phone out and take a picture. There's no shame in this. There's no one around being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Phil was taking a picture of this right now. Who is he, right? Like, who is he? No, you know what they're actually saying is like, man, I wish I had the faith to take a picture right now because I don't really know how to read the Bible. Here's how you read the Bible. You start in the book of John. It's all about how much Jesus loves you right? Start in the book of John. Find a translation that you understand. Like there's a lot of them. Here's just a few that I pick. You can put New Living, The Message, the NIV, any of them. You find a translation you understand, right? The best translation is the one you actually read, right? Just pick that. Get a notebook to write down what you read and what stood out to you because you're never going to remember it, right? Like every day I have a notebook that I write down. I read this today and this is what, verse, what stood out to me. Like that's it. This is, what, this is what I read today. This is what stood out to me right? Start small. Don't overeat. If it's five minutes, take five minutes. Don't overwhelm yourself and say, I need to take an hour and a half to read the Bible. No, like you're probably not going to get through and then you're going to be like frustrated at yourself. Take five minutes and read the Bible, right? And then pray about what you read. God, help me do whatever I read. Because when you do those things, man, something changes in you, right? All of a sudden around you can be drying up, but now you have the confidence to wait on the word. Now you have the confidence like what Elijah did. I'm just gonna wait. And can I just say this really, really quickly and then we'll move on. If Jesus provided it and you don't eat it, don't, don't blame him when you're hungry. Is that when God gave you a word to forgive that person and you don't do it, don't say he's not speaking because he did. I'm speaking to myself. I'm not, I'm not actually talking to myself, right? This is an internal conversation right now. When God said, hey, I want you to buy that person lunch and you don't, don't say God's not moving in your life because he's waiting on you. If God provided it, don't blame him when you're hungry. Don't be like, God's just not speaking. God's not speaking or you're not listening. There's a big difference, right? And I'm talking to myself, but here for Elijah, Elijah has to purpose himself that if he wants to go from what's dry to an open door, he has to feed on what God gave him. He's, he's got to do it. He's got he's to say, I'm going to purposely stay in the word of God. I'm going to purposely eat what God gave me, right? And then all of a sudden, something changes. The brook starts to dry up, and God gives him some new instructions. I'm going to read eight more verses, right? And we're going we're to continue in this story. They're going to put it up on the screen. It says this. Then the Lord says to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon, for I have instructed the widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asks her, hey, could you please bring me a little cup of water? She says, let me go get it. And he calls her and goes, hey, while you're doing that, can you bring me a little bit of bread too, just a tiny bit? And she says, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in this house. I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little bit of cooking oil in the bottom. And I was just gathering a few sticks to cook my last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elisha says to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bit of bread for me first. Everyone say first. Make it for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and for your son. This is For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and oil left in the containers until the time of the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again, right? And so Elijah, so she did exactly what Elijah said and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days and it never ran out. Listen, what do we do when where we're going is closed and where we're at is drying up? Here's the second thing you can can write down. We have to understand that the next thing might not be the final thing. But the next thing might not be the final thing. Can you imagine what Elijah was experiencing in this, in this moment? Like, put yourself in his shoes. He is told, hey, go to the brook. I'm going to provide for you. And ravens bring him food every single day. It's amazing, right? It's like the first door dash. It's just awesome. And so he, like, gets up, and all of a sudden, the brook is empty. God says, hey, go to Zarephath, because I've told a widow there to feed you. Awesome. So he goes to Zarephath, and he sees a widow. He's like, oh, this must be her. God's so good. Right. Hey, could you bring me some bread? Um, I'm actually guaranteed to die of starvation. <laughs> if I'm Elijah, I'm like, God, she has no idea about the plan. You told me that I'm here for you, for her to provide for me, and she has no idea. This is a problem. And if I'm Elijah, I would have gotten pretty frustrated because I'm like, I kind of the season dried up here and now I'm here and it's still not working. I'm here and there's a bigger need here than there was there. And this is my next thing? This is where you're bringing me? This is it? Listen, I think God was trying to show Elijah something I want you to know, is that God provides differently in different seasons. Sometimes it's a raven and sometimes it's a widow, but regardless, God provides. That God provides in ways that we see, and in ways that we don't. In fact, some of the best ways God provides for us are in ways that we don't even see. For example, can we just thank God for the times that the phone rang and we didn't get in the car at that time and we didn't get in the accident that we didn't know about, and all of a sudden we're fine going to work and we think it's just a normal day, but really God provided in a way we never would have even known about? Or what about the time when the guy didn't ask you out? Because if he would have asked you out, that would have been a world of problems and God provided in a way that felt lonely at the time, but really it was provision in his hand. God provides in big ways, even when we don't see them. He shows up at this widow and all of a sudden, he's like, this is provision? This is what you're doing? This is it? And if I'm Elijah, I'm just gonna be honest for just a little moment. I would have prayed for rain. I would have done it. I would have said, I know I prayed for three and a half years, but Lord, if you can stop it, you can start it. So bring the rain right now because I can't do this. I can't do it. Or at least I would have prayed for a different widow. Like, (laughs) y'all judging me, but I'm telling you, you would have done the same thing. I would have been like, God, please. Like, I don't, I just, I just came from birds having to give me food. Like, this is a problem. Like, can you just please help me, right? And you know what's funny is We get to the next thing, and so many times we pray about getting out of it. Send the rain. Bring the widow. New job. New husband. Like, give me something. This next thing is not your final thing, but can I ask you this question? What if the next thing is the thing you're praying to get out of, and God is telling you, plant yourself into it? What if we're saying... God, bring me out of it. And God is saying, plant yourself into it. God, bring me a new widow. Mm, You're good right there. God, bring some rain. Hmm, Not for a few more years. God, how about you get me a new car so I don't have to put coolant in it every 10 miles. Mm, How about you save so that way when you get the new one, you don't go into debt for it. And that way I can provide something bigger than you could ever imagine whoa, that got quiet. (laughs) God, can you please bring the right person into my life for friends? God, why does it feel like no one wants to be my friend right now? And oftentimes, our next thing is not the final thing we're praying for, but the next thing isn't fun. And the only way to get to the final thing Is through the next thing. And that's not fun. And oftentimes we get to the next thing and we question, is my faith even working? Did I even hear from God? I mean, I've prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I've got this widow. And God's saying, just plant yourself here. Can I tell you something? Only things that are planted can grow. God can't grow you for your final season if you won't plant in your next season. Only things that are planted can take life. Only things, the Bible says this way, those who are planted will flourish. That's how the Bible says it. That the only way for us to grow into the person when the door is open, remember the whole quote that when the door is closed, maybe it's just you that's not ready for it. Maybe the way you get ready is planting in your next thing. Maybe the way you get ready and prepare your heart and prepare your faith and prepare who you are is you plant yourself in the next season. You plant yourself with the widow. You plant yourself this way and you say, God, I'm just gonna trust you here. I'm gonna do whatever, whatever you ask me to do. But you know the problem? I'm just gonna be really honest for a moment. The problem with me is I want my next season to look like, like my final season. And it never does. It never does. It never, the next thing never looks like the final thing, ever. Ask Jesus. The cross looked nothing like resurrection. The next thing hardly ever looks like the final thing. And can I just tell you something that I learned the hard way? God is not required to make your next season look like you want it to. He's not required to do that. That sometimes, your next season will look so different on purpose to say, Miss Frankie, will you trust me your next season? Because if it looked like you wanted it to, you might just stay there and settle for next when God has final. And I think that in Elijah's case, what's happening is God has taken him to his next thing to prepare him for his final thing. In fact, I think God always does that in all of our lives, that when we get from a place that's dry to the door still not open, there's this in-between space and God wants to speak there. He wants to do three things there. We're gonna put them on the screen, right? So here's what happens in our next thing and we're gonna be wrapping up, I promise. God uses the next thing to grow our faith. He uses the next thing to grow our faith. For Elijah, we see it happening with him. He shows up with this widow And God's like, oh, yeah, this is the widow that's going to provide for you. And now his faith, he has to use his faith to say, what am I going to do here? How am I going to trust here? What's next for me here? And maybe that's where you're at. And can I tell you, God is using where you're at to build your faith. Maybe your kids are going crazy right now. And you're like, am I a terrible parent? No, maybe God is using this season to build your faith. Because God does not create bad things, but he will use everything. He'll use everything in every way to build your faith. Everything, right? Okay, what about this? This is something else he does in this season. He uses the next thing to see how committed we are to him. Elijah gets there, and he shows up with this woman. And uh, it's funny. He says, hey, can you make me some bread? And she goes, I don't have any bread. And he gives this one thing. It's so funny. He goes, um... Can you make some for me first? That's a pretty crazy question. Like she's going to make her final meal. And he's like, hey, make some for me first. You know what I learned is that in our next thing, in the next season, in the next thing, God wants to know, will you put me first like never before? Will you put me first? Like, like will you put me first? First in your worship? First in your faith. First by reading the Bible. First thing in the morning, will you put me first instead of scrolling through TikTok? Will you put me first? He'll use the next thing to say, how committed are you to me? But he also does this last thing. He uses that next thing to use you to meet someone else's need. And this is the one that's annoying. Because... Elijah is praying for food and God says, be the miracle to give her food. When you're believing for a new car and God asks you to give money for them to get a new car, man, that's that's a hard one. When you're believing for marriage one day, And now you have to celebrate them getting engaged. God uses the next thing to build our faith and help provide for someone else's need. For example, maybe right now you're here and you're like, man, I just really need some help. Like, I just need someone to pour into me. Maybe God wants you to take this season and serve at the church. What? No way. God, I'm praying for this. You can't ask me to give something else. God takes what we give and presses it down, shakes it together, and gives it back to us bigger than we could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. And that is so much more than just finances. In fact, in context, he's talking about forgiveness. Can you give something and then watch God pour it back into your life? Can you trust him in the next season to provide for someone else? Because if you cannot do that, man, you're gonna, you're gonna stay stuck. And I'm talking to myself that if I cannot be some with the hands and feet of Jesus in this season for someone else, man, I'm not ready to receive what he has for me in my next season. And Elijah learns and he learns and he learns and he learns and he, and he trusts God and he trusts God and he trusts God and he trusts God and here he is with the widow. Now, we don't know how much time passes by. We don't know exactly what all happens. All we do know is this, is that he was with the brook. It dries up. He shows up with the widow, right? And he's there until the end of the drought. And just before the drought ends, something happens in, verse, uh, in chapter 18, verse 1. They're going to put it on the screen. It says this Later on, in the third year of the drought, so we're almost done, right? The Lord says to Elijah, Go and present yourself to the king. Tell him that I'm going to send rain soon. So he tells Elijah, Here's your, here's your next thing. You went from the brook. Now here you are here with the widow. Your next thing is there. It's your final thing, right? Listen, what do we do when where we're at is drying up and where we're going seems closed? We do a couple of things. We do nothing until God says do something, right? We, we understand that our next thing might not be the final thing. Here's point number three. We trust, we trust that God has prepared us for the final thing. We trust that God has prepared us for the final thing. You know, um, Elijah gets there, and I don't have time to read all of this, so I encourage you to read it. I'm going to kind of paraphrase what happens in chapter 18. Elijah gets there, and he shows up, and he gets to this place, and he has this crazy battle, right? It's him versus 450 prophets of another god called Baal, right? They show up, and what it's crazy because Elijah's like, hey, let's, let's have this little competition. Let's both get a sacrifice and pray to our god to send fire down from heaven. Whichever one does it, he's the real god. Right? So these 450 prophets of Baal, they lay the sacrifice out and they start doing all this stuff. They start dancing around. They start cutting themselves because a the religion only harms you and never helps you. And they're just doing all their things. Like, God, send, send fire, send fire. Nothing. is over here by himself. is like, you know, I think this might be too easy for God. Can we like put water on it? And like they put water on the sacrifice and now he's asking for God to burn up a wet sacrifice. And he calls fire down from heaven. And here is this massive fire that comes down, burns up the sacrifice, right? And, and Elijah proves that God is God. Now, why did I tell you that? I'll tell you that for a couple of things. Here's the first thing I told The reason I told you that is you cannot reach your final thing without a fight. You can't do it. And I think it's important for us to know because sometimes that final thing, it looks closed, is the marriage that we're praying to get restored you cannot get to the marriage God has for you without a fight. You can't do it, right? Or maybe, maybe for you, you wanna get to the final thing and you say, God, I, I, wanna, I wanna see you move my life like never before, giving me direction for my life. You can't walk in the direction God has for you without fighting for it, right? You can't, you can't do it. Sometimes maybe it's like, I want freedom from that addiction, I'm stuck in that cycle over and over and over again, and I can't get through that closed door without fighting for it. There are things in our life we're going to have to fight for, right? And here's the thing. Remember the whole point. We have to trust that God prepared us for the final thing, which means God prepared us for the fight. Elijah gets to this place and he starts having this supernatural spiritual battle where he's going back and forth with all of these prophets of Baal. And what's crazy is he calls fire down from heaven, That's a really bold prayer. I don't know the last prayer that you prayed, but mine did not look like that. Like fire, right? And Elisha prays this prayer. And and as I was preparing this message, I was like, God, how did he have the faith to do that? And God told me he had faith for the fire because he had faith at the brook and he had faith with the widow and he let me build him in every place. He let me build his faith at the brook when it was easy for provision, it just showed up. Then he let me build his faith with the widow when it was a little bit more difficult. And then he gets to the the fight and now he has confidence. Now he's ready for the fight, now he's ready to go because his faith has been built up. And um, I want you to write this down, that if you get to the final thing without the proper preparation, you will not survive the fight. If you get to the final thing and you've not prepared your faith and you've not prepared your heart and you've not prepared ready to go, you might not survive the fight. You might turn around. I'm not saying like survive as in die, but I'm saying survive as in uh, I might give up. Uh, I might quit. This is really hard. This is, this is difficult. This isn't what I thought it would look like. And we don't prepare our faith. We're not ready to fight for it. And we give up and we walk away. And Can you imagine if Elijah shows up it's like the end of the drought and he's like, yeah, go for it guys. Go worship your God. That would have been crazy. But yet he had this faith to fight. And when you prepare your heart, you're ready to fight for the marriage, to fight for the freedom, to fight for the thing that God provided for you. And I want you to write this down too. I felt like God wanted me to tell you this. Instead of praying for the thing to be open to you, how about we just pray for the faith to be built in you? I'm not saying you can't pray for the door to open. I'm not saying you're not praying for the next season. Yeah, 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 do do that. You need to. It's, It's required, right? But also, make sure you're praying for the right faith to be built in you. Make sure you're praying that, God, right now, when I'm at the next place, And it's not going the way I want it to go. And it's not happening the way I want it to happen. And I'm with this widow and it's just like, I don't even know if this is right. I don't even know if I'm hearing from God. When you're at the next thing, don't don't walk out of it without being built up. Don't leave that place without saying, God, can you please give me the right faith? Can you please give me, build my faith up to when I go to the next thing, I'm ready. Can you help me? Do you remember my brother beating me up at the beginning of the message? When my brother beat me up, it was crazy because, like, I really didn't think he had it. I didn't think he had anything in him to fight. And um, it's funny because when you look at him, you would never think he had strength. But he had confidence going into the fight. In fact, when I told him we were going to fight, he said, okay. Like, it was no big deal. And I, and yeah, you guys laugh still. And, but it's like, how did he have so much confidence going into the fight how do we have so much confidence going into fighting for that thing or believing for that thing or trusting God for that? thing? How do we have so much confidence going into what's next? Listen, I want you to write this down. I'm almost done. I promise. When you have the right training, you can have confidence going into the fight. My brother has spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours training. He had confidence going into it. He's like, this is nothing. I break boards with my hand and you're like, you're nothing. When Elijah gets to the fight, I watched God provide for me for three years with a bird. This is nothing. When you get to the edge of your final thing, I've watched God heal my body. This marriage, this is nothing. I've watched God provide for me when I had nothing and there was nothing but bills on my table and I didn't have the money to do. I watched him provide this thing, it's it's nothing. What's next? It's nothing compared to God. I've watched who he is. I've let my faith be built. Like, not being able to have kids, when it's my desire, that's nothing for God. I've watched God heal other people. I think he can heal me too. That's nothing for God. And Elijah gets to this final thing, and he has this confidence that's built inside of him because he has prepared for the fight and what I want to tell you as I wrap up is in Philippians the Bible says that the, the he who began the good work and I thought about this this whole story I thought about how Elijah was like the work was right here at the brook he who began the work at the brook Philippians goes on and says he'll be faithful to complete it he's faithful in the battle He'll go from the brook to the battle and he'll be faithful the entire time. He'll lead you to the next step. He'll open the right door at the right time. He'll build the right amount of faith. If he started it, he did not bring you this far to leave you this far. He did not have you come here to say, I'm done. He did not say, well, good luck now. He did not bring you here to let you die of that disease. Did you hear me? He did not bring you here for that marriage to go under. He did not bring you here for you to go bankrupt. He did not bring you here for you not to have kids one day. He brought you here so that he could lead you through. He brought you here so that he can do something the inside of you so he can do something through you and it's up to us to say God I'm ready for the fight because I let you build my life here he is the God of the brook and the battle he is the God of when things are going great and when things are not going great he is the God when things are at the highest and he is the God when things are at the lowest he is the God when the brook is drying up and he is God when fire is coming down from heaven he is God of it all and it's up to us to say simply this, God, I need you in every season. I don't want to go through the brook or the battle without you. I don't want to find myself in a place where I just rely on the raven to provide. I don't want to get to a place when I stay stuck in the next thing because I'm comfortable. I'm too afraid to take the next step. I don't wanna get to the final thing and not be ready for the fight. God, I need you in every space. Do you know what's crazy about Elijah? In each of those spaces, there was one thing in common. The Lord said, go here. The Lord said, go to the brook. And he did. The Lord said, go to Zarephath. And he did. The Lord said, go here. And he did. Listen, last thing you can write down. As long as you are walking in the direction of God, you can walk in the provision of God. God will provide when you let him lead the way. He'll provide in ways you never thought were possible. He'll provide at the brook, he'll provide at the battle, he'll provide with the widow, he'll provide in every single season. Your provision might not look like you thought it was going to look. Your provision might not be what you thought it was going to be. Your provision might not even feel like you thought it was going to feel. But what I know about God and what I know about his character is that he did not bring you here to not provide for you. If it's something that you're walking through and you need peace, he'll provide it. If it's something you're walking through and you need restoration, he'll provide it. But it is up to us to do exactly what Elijah did. Nothing until God says do something. It's up to us to trust him in a way where we can say, God, I'm not moving from this place until you tell me to. And when you tell me to, I'm going. When you tell me to, I don't care what it looks like. When you tell me to, when you tell me to forgive, I wanna forgive. I don't care what they did, I don't care what they said, I don't care what they posted about, I I don't care. Just, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do what you ask me to do. When they ask you, when God says, hey, can you pay for that person's meal? I'm just gonna do it, I don't care what my bank account looks like, I don't care what it feels, I'm just gonna do it. When God says, hey, I want you to lift your hands in worship and you never do, I don't care that my wife is here and we we fought all the way here. I don't care what it feels like. I care what my faith is being built to be like. I care about that. I care about trusting him in a way where my faith can be built. And, And as we wrap up, I just wanna ask you this question is, it's really a simple question, is that if you're in here today and you feel like you are in one of those seasons, maybe it's the brook, Like maybe you feel, man, things are dry right now. It's not working like you thought it was going to work. And in fact, you're kind of questioning like, like, God, do you even care? Like I prayed for this and I got this. Or maybe you're with the widow and you're in your next thing, but it looks nothing like your final thing. And you're kind of frustrated at God. You're kind of agitated at God and you're honestly you're, you've thought about just like giving up and going back or maybe you're in your fight and here it is you're fighting for that marriage you're fighting for that, for that restoration you're fighting for that healing you're, you're doing every maybe you're in one of those three places can I ask you to do something really bold if that's you can you just raise your hand I just want to pray with you yeah yeah it's okay hands are going up everywhere okay now I'm going to ask you something even more bold right and don't this is up to you this, this is your thing here in a moment we're all going to stand and when we do I want to ask you, if that's you, to come up front and worship with us. Pastor Devin, no, 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 I can't do that. That's, that's scary. Come on, come on now. You tricked me. No, listen, this is your moment to say, God, here I am. I need you. I need you in the valley, and I need you on the mountaintop. So all over this place, can we all stand to our feet? And listen, if you had your hand raised, I wanna ask you to come up front right now. It's okay, come on, it's all right. Everyone, everyone had their hand raised, right? Yeah, it's okay, people are coming everywhere. You can come up here too, right? Yeah, listen, I believe that when you do this, it's just a sign of saying, God, I need you. God, I need you. I don't don't wanna do this thing alone. God, I don't wanna do this thing my way. I wanna do this thing your way, right? And listen, if you're back there and you're not up front and you should be, you need to come up here. But if you're back there and you're not up front, here's what I wanna ask you to do is I want you to worship with them. Why? Because at some point in your life, you're going to be the one up here. At some point, you're going to, in, listen, we're in this thing together. We're better together. We're fighting this thing together. And if they're in a battle, guess what? I'm in a battle. If they're in, if they're in a dry season, I'm in a dry season because we're going through this thing together. So all over this room, I want us to lift our hands and close our eyes. Up front and in the, in the, all the way in the back. Hands up and let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you are here and that you are speaking Lord, I thank you for every single person who had the faith to come up front right now. And God, I pray that their heart and their posture is simply, God, they need you. And Lord, I just pray that in this moment, you, they, they get exactly that, they get you. That no matter if they're in a dry season, in their next season or in the battle, God, that, that you are providing, that you are speaking and that you are moving. God, I pray that you do what only you can do, God. God, I pray that in, this, in these next few moments as they worship you, that you speak and they hear you clearly, that you speak and they walk out changed, that they walk out, they walk out feeling that something is different, not because of an emotion, but because of who you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.